Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple podcast. I'm Dina Verley, founder and CEO of Project Purple, and today we're back in the podcast studio with a good friend of ours, person who's been on the podcast multiple times. This is almost like Saturday Night Live, John, when, <laughs> when you get a special jacket. But with us today is running coach John Hunterkamp. Thanks for being a guest once again on the Project Purple podcast. Thanks for having me. I don't think I'm quite at Alec Baldwin level, I <laughs> but I uh, appreciate the, the invite and I'll take take you up on it anytime. Well, John, you're, you're creeping up there, man. We, we've got to do some research here and see. I, you might, well, I think you, you take the title for most times on the Project Purple podcast as a guest. Um, and, you know, I think in all seriousness, though, John here, I mean, running is such an important thing that we do and your expertise and the work you've worked with with our run teams has been you know uh, critical to the success of so many runners i mean i've used your program a couple years ago when i did twin cities so it saved my life <laughs> through that running experience and then i tried to catapult that into to new york so uh, you are a godsend to our team so that, that that's really you know uh, one of the main reasons i mean we love having you here on the podcast but the the value information that you provide to our community and to our runners um, is tenfold. So again, we love having you here on the podcast. It's always great to hear your voice and to have you on here to give us some tips. So yeah, it's good to catch you up. It's been a while. On that note, yes, it has been a while. For those that have never heard Coach John here on the Project Purple podcast, I think the last time we had you on was, well, I wouldn't say it was a year ago, but it was close to, it was like right after you know, COVID had started. And I think we did like a, a podcast episode to talk about, you know, just like, hey, wh what do you do during the pandemic, you know, to stay active? And I think at the time, John, I think we were cautiously optimistic is probably the best term that some of our fall marathons and later in the year in 2020, were still going to happen. Um, and then, you know, once that kind of went away, then we all knew the reality of like, you know, no in-person races. So it's been some time since we've had you on the podcast. So what have you been up to? Yeah, it's actually, I mean, I, I was, we were talking before we, we jumped, we went live, how I, I definitely have a lot of new runners to the fold because gyms were closed and people were just going stir crazy where they were working from home. And, and so I do think we'll see like a, um, a mini running boom, which is a silver lining. And, you know, I hate saying that sometimes, but you do think people have found running just because of necessity and no other options. But uh, I'm actually the opposite. I actually have run less. Uh, you know, I have two young kids, one years old and, and, and three year old, and um, they keep me pretty busy. Um, but uh, you know, running has been a saving grace for me, even just even if I'm not doing much of it. I'm still getting out up, up until recently where I've actually had an IT band issue where the last 10 weeks I've been sidelined, finally got around to, to getting some PT. But before that, this little injury that I've had, most of the pandemic, I was getting out there six or seven days a week, um, not doing the volume I was doing, but just that 20, 30 minutes a day where it was so fortunate that I, I was able to do that. And we were, we're fortunate that we're so close to Prospect Park is I, I've definitely gone for three or four walks in a day with my kids. Um, so I was lucky the parks department has done a great job here, at least in the city of, of keeping those parks open because you know, that the outlet, whether it's walking, running, jogging or anything, has been so crucial in the pandemic of, of having that outlet and that you know, going out and sweat and getting into nature. So um, I've been you know enjoying that the last, you know, 
year or so, uh, I have you know gotten kind of roped into some of these virtual challenges and, and races, which have been kind of fun. I definitely have hit some type of virtual race fatigue. So we had to get creative. I created a thing called Run Shoot, which was like a, I think the first team racing platform where people had two weeks to do the same course, which I thought was lacking in the first. A lot of the individual, um, you know, a lot of the virtual races are just you going out and doing a 5K or me going out and doing a half marathon on my own. Um, so I got a little bit creative thinking outside the box where I was able to get people to, to, to compete over apples to apples with the, the same course in Prospect Park and Central Park. So that was kind of a fun project just to get off the ground and, and get teams connected again. Um, but it's definitely been an interesting year. And uh, again, some people have run more, some people have run less. Um, and now there's definitely seems to be a, a little more optimism um, where there's actually events starting to to actually happen in person and obviously the bigger marathons will have a little bit more um, tricks to kind of or hoops to jump through but the small races are starting to happen especially in the ultra landscape and uh i think everyone's excited we're we're kind of today's 50 degrees here in new york so we're not out of the winter yet but uh with lots <laughs> of snow i think uh there's a there's a nice you know warm weather's coming events will start to happen uh, i'm curious to see how those are how those un- unfold well i'm sure we're going to still have a a bunch of virtual stuff, but it's been an interesting week or and in year rather. And I think um, everyone's kind of, you know, had their, their, their different challenges depending on kids and jobs and different things. But um, it definitely seems like there's with the vaccinations and that, that, that kind of working itself out uh, each week, you kind of more and more, I think uh, of, of a, that kind of lie at the end of the tunnel. So again, it's been a, on one hand, it's been, it seems like yesterday we were talking about this in you know, yeah. March or so. And now it's like almost a year later and it, it feels like a long time, but also feels like a short time, like, like anything else. Well, I think just like any, yeah, like you say, like anything else, like at the end of it, when there's, I think when there's light at the end of the tunnel and right. And, and, you know, whatever you go through in life, you know, with regards to, I, I guess you would call this kind of like this, I wouldn't say traumatic. Well, for some people, this has been a traumatic experience. I mean, naturally people have, there's, you know, a lot of people that have lost loved ones, um, through COVID and, you know, you go through this trauma and, you know, I think at the end of it, you know, or towards the end where, where there's so much optimism, it kind of seems like it went by in a blink of an eye, but when you're in it, if this makes sense for people listening at home, it kind of seems like it's forever or like, it's just the, the days just drag on. But I think there is a lot of optimism. There's a lot of positive things happening across the world in this community in terms of running, you know, with races, you know, going out on a limb and, you know, I wouldn't say going out on a limb, but, you know, making announcements that, you know, they are going to happen and the size they're going to happen. Like, you know, London Marathon coming out a couple of weeks ago saying, hey, they're going to have 100,000 people, 50,000 in person, 50,000 virtually, you know, which, uh, you know, is very optimistic, very bullish, but, you know, they, they also anticipate, you know, having their entire nation vaccinated by, you know, September. Um, and, you know, now we're starting to see vaccination across the country kind of really ramp up. And there were a couple articles this past weekend that I caught, you know, not to make this about vaccination, but, you know, just this herd mentality and, you know, when that happens and, you know, quite possibly as early as April, you know, of having herd, not herd mentality, but herd immunity, you know, which a lot of the uh, scientists have said is really what we need to do to, to knock this thing back and to come back to some normalcy that we had prior to all of this. You know, so there, there's a lot of optimism out there. You know, something that yeah, I, I was definitely, yeah, I was definitely a little worried going into, I mean, when this first happened, we were actually in this, you know, obviously around the same time this year, yeah. we were going into spring and I thought that was kind of a blessing because 
you know, you were able to get outside, even though you had the social distance and you're maybe on your own. Um, but going into this past winter with the holidays and some of the, the numbers spiking and schools shutting down here in the city again. And I was like, oh, even just the mental health where there's more darkness, there's less access, it's colder. Um, so, you know, that kind of seemed to go pretty quickly. And, and here we are, you know, just almost March. So I, I do feel like, you know, that was a pretty successful winter because, you know, even just mental health and obviously I'm not looking at any stats in front of me right now, but there's always, you know, in the winter and darkness, there's you know obviously things, more things to be concerned about. So um glad we kind of got through that for the most part. And uh, yeah, there's, you know, in-person races, there's, there's uh, that are on the, on the docket, uh, you know, again, sizes and how things will, will take place and be amended. And you know, we'll obviously see, but I definitely think there's definitely a, uh, we're, we're in a better spot now than we were last year at this point, as far as like knowing what this thing is and, and how to, and how to combat it. So um, again, yeah, lots of loss, lots of tragedy. Um, but uh, I think the, the needle is definitely moving in the right direction. And uh, there's a lot to be grateful for and to, and to, to look forward to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I know before we started recording, you know, we were, you and I were playing catch up because we haven't talked in a, in a while, just about training and, and injuries and stuff. And something you said that was kind of really kind of caught my interest in the sense that, you know, I didn't think about that. And, you know, you've, you have young kids and you said, you know, having some IT band issues and, you know, driving, and I remember going back, my kids are teenagers now, so I don't have to do this, you know, driving around to get them to sleep. And you said, you know, you just find a, find a podcast, put them in the car, you know, take that nap, you know, and, and, but you know, that's like kind of foreign, you know, being in the car that long, sitting that prone, you know, really puts an impact on your body. And, and so thinking about that, you know, just you and I having that conversation, you know, naturally with the pandemic, a large part of the population was forced to what work from home, right? And when you work from home, you probably don't sit the best way. I'm sure many people like bring their laptop, put it on their bed, put it on their lap, or you're sitting at the kitchen table, or maybe you did get an office, but you know, you're, you're probably, I'd go out on a limb and it'd be fascinating to see, you know, what the data presents maybe in a year or two, that people are probably going to have more you know, the, the, the PT visits will start to, and the OT visits will start to spike because people's posture, people were, are doing things that they normally didn't do prior to the pandemic because of the pandemic, you know, and the way that, you know, just work. I know, you know, there's been, you know, when the pandemic started, there was all this talk about, wow, like, you know, it's great. Like, you know, people are working from home. Companies are saving millions and millions of dollars because, you know, they, they don't need the real estate on, you know, Fifth Avenue anymore for, you know, 10,000 square feet, you know, because everyone's at home. But the work-life balance, you know, it tends to now then go the opposite direction, right? Because people don't have that balance. And then we also think about working out as well and staying active. And, and you know, it really becomes like a conscious effort to really remind yourself to go out and run. So what we wanted to do on this podcast is, and, you know, and something that I think, you know, and I know you and I were talking about this before is like, I think there's been two types of people, people that have actually picked up running and have become like serious runners during this and people that maybe have regressed or, you know, have gotten, I wouldn't say worse, but just people that have kind of found it difficult to get out of that rut 
And so the, this topic that I, I've kind of written down here in air quotes here is running out of COVID. And I think we should try to take it from both ends, right? Because we've got these serious runners that are new, that are, that are logging a lot of these miles. And then we've got people that maybe logged more miles before COVID. I know you said that for you, like you were doing more mileage, you know, prior to COVID. And then, you know, you kind of, with COVID, things kind of change, kids, family, life, all that stuff. And then you got the injury. So now you're running less miles. So talk about those runners as well. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Just listening to you kind of present the the, the question again. Um, you know, it's, on one hand, like I was already working from home because I worked for myself as a consultant. My wife was on maternity leave with our second child um, four months in when this kind of started. So like our, our the transition from COVID and working from home was pretty not, it was pretty easy. The only major difference was our daughter was home from daycare, which is you know, a big difference. But my wife was already home with my son. I was already home doing stuff. But then once my wife went back to work, which was, you know, air quotes, she's still mostly at home. I started talking to more people and you realize um you know, like depending on, on the industry and, and and what your company protocol was like, and I know some friend of mine in finance, like you know, he wasn't commuting. So a, you don't have that, like a, like somewhat of that is exercise. Like even just walking to the subway, walking to the yeah. train, like there is some movement getting out of the house where there's that, you know, that there is some calories being burned, even just the mental um, benefit of ch- change of scenery and getting outside, even if it's freezing. Um, but you know, it wasn't like they, and actually, the, obviously, the company maybe saved certain things on like electric bills at the office or different things because people weren't there or less water at the Snacks, office or coffee yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but people were actually in the, in the industry, like this one guy, my friend Justin, instead of working from like nine to six, he was working from, he started, they started working at eight yeah. because they didn't have to, they didn't have to commute. So instead of starting at nine traditionally, they would just start at eight because they knew no one was commuting. And so they, and then on the same thing on the other end of the day, instead of leaving at six, they were late working until seven. So yeah. they actually, you know, added, they actually added two hours of work. Now some people work on their commute or on the train or on their phone, but you know, they were at their home office or home kitchen table or home bar or wherever they were working yeah. at. So yeah, that's interesting. I, you know, you know, you think there's less work to do because you're not in the office, but you're not commuting, you're not getting that change of scenery, you're not getting that some exercise involved. And the fact some people are working more. And then as far as it's a lot easier to, it's a lot tougher to shut off when you're, you know, when you go to the office and then you're physically in your office, like you are now, and then you kind of leave to go home to your family. There is, can be that switch, or at least it's an easier switch to turn off versus you're in your workspace. And then like, it's also your home space. (laughs) So it's probably, you know, easier. And again, with our phones, we're probably too attached to them anyway and on them too much. But I do think if you're working from home and, you know, not working from home, uh, as far as like day-to-day stuff, it, it can blur and blend together. So I definitely think there's definitely um, pros and cons to that, whether it's expenses at the job or just kind of mental health components. So I definitely think there'll be some type of like transition, even just how companies do business. There'll be less business travel, even even if like everyone's flying full capacity and everyone's vaccinated. I, you know, people, you know, obviously companies have seen that they didn't have to travel and shake hands with everyone and 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 do the deal in person. So I think there'll be, you know, this is obviously going to change how people do business as a whole. Um, and even some of the creative things that we've come up with, um, you know, running wise and racing wise, and even just non-running wise, I think will will continue and have legs beyond the pandemic. So that's be interesting to see how those play out and, and what, what sticks and what doesn't stick. But as far as running specifically, definitely there's people that are new to it. And that's kind of a newfound love. They must have, they might've hated running and, and they kind of forced into it because they had no other option other than to get out the door. Because there is, 
less barrier to to walking, jogging, and running um, than you know some other sports and other activities where you need a, a Peloton bike or you need a you know weights or whatever or the elliptical and all that like you're used to in the gym. So I think you know I think you know I was always I was actually concerned about some of those new runners not having the resources to 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 do it safely. Not just the runner safety stuff that I've talked about on your podcast, but even just like injury prevention where mm-hmm. they just go out and run five miles a day out of the gates and then they then then you can't. My issue with my IT band to be honest, I was able to to, to, to get away with not practicing what I was preaching by not stretching like I should or doing the strength training because I had a massage therapist that I would go to with any issue. But she moved to France nine months ago because her practice got shut down because of COVID. So that's actually, that was kind of like me, not cheating, but kind of cheating where I was like, any issue, go to Claudia. She works her magic. I go see her twice a week or three times in one week if I need to. And that would usually nip the thing in the bud and I would be able to keep running after a few days off. Well, take her out of the equation, and then you act. Yeah, to add to the equation that I'm not doing these little things like stretching and other strength work that um, would actually help me be healthier and, and not get uh, injured. So, I'm a prime example of uh, you know do what I do what I say, not what I do. Because I, and once I had my little you know kind of safety blanket taken from me with Claudia moving to France and not having that access uh, of another therapist, and then even in COVID, it was tough to even get a therapist because of protocols, protocols and stuff. So. Yeah. It's definitely, um, I, I fall victim to, to not doing all the little things, but you were saying like you actually have spent more time focusing on stretching in, in COVID, which I think this is a huge opportunity to last year to do things, um, a little bit differently. And, and, and if you can't get outside to do some cardio, you know, even with just body weight stuff, you can really do a lot in a small space. And I think you're someone who, at least based on our conversation earlier, where at least the last few months, you've really kind of shift focuses on, on less volume of running, but more volume of, or volume being time, just stretching. Because you don't yeah. really need much equipment for that. So that's something where I think hopefully people took advantage of that extra time. But it's definitely interesting to see people come to the, hopefully there'll be newfound uh, runners where they love the, the sport because they were kind of forced to do it. And they realized on their own terms, it's actually a, you know great for a mental and physical um, but there's definitely someone like me who is, is more motivated by racing and, and competition head to head, even in the, as, as a daddy age group of these days, I still kind of have that competitive fire and it, you know, it was definitely not as motivating to get out there and, you know, just to do one loop in the park. I was like, you know, in, in Prospect Park, that's only like three and change. Um, you know, I was really, and I was, and I also relied on running into the other people in the community that I know to get me to do more volume. Like, and I, you know, here in New York. And you know so many people in the running community. It's so close knit that I would actually even my long runs. I would just go to the park and try to. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do a loop, and whoever I run into, I'm gonna keep running with. And so I, I wasn't doing that in COVID. So I do one loop, and I was so bored or so like, okay, not motivated. That's part of the main reason why my volume came down is because I didn't have those casual, unplanned interactions where you just run into someone you know and you add on. And I, I wasn't doing that, and that's definitely something I miss. Yeah, I I think you know t- to your point though, John. I think you know I I, I think we have like uh, a couple of uh, extremes, not extremes here, but a couple of cases, right? And so we've got you know people who are clearly. Then I love your example of your buddy there, Justin. You know, with regards to you know work life balance, you know. So I, I'd love to you know maybe share with our audience strategies for those people. And I I think just from hearing what you said, like I mean, we talked about this on the previous podcast, like you know. Uh, running is is free. You need a good pair of shoes, but you know, I think there's a large population of people that took up running 
and I think there's a difference, you know, and we've we've talked about this on previous podcasts. So uh, two parts here. I want to talk about, you know, Justin. How do we get Justin back into some some healthy habits, right? So we can share those. But then second part is, you know, we've got this large part of the population that picked up running. And there's a difference between going out every day and running three miles, let's say, and training for a half marathon or a marathon. And so what are the steps that people need to do for that? So first let's tackle our buddy, Justin, you know, who, you know, these, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not making light of the situation. I, I think, you know, work-life balance is something that is critical in everyone's life and everyone needs to figure out what works best for them. But maybe if there's a couple of strategies that we can put out there to the public listening, you know, that they can maybe try to incorporate into their life if they feel like, hey, you know, now that I'm working from home, I'm just like Justin, you know, my day's longer, I don't get to un, uh, you know, unrelease or, you know, decompress. I think is probably the best term, you know, because when you work in a physical location and whether you're commuting, whether that's the train ride or the car ride, you have that ability to decompress, even if it's 10 minutes, right? My commute is 10 minutes and at least I get 10 minutes where I can put on NBA radio or, you know, Sirius XM MLB radio and just like lose myself and what's happening in the sports world or, you know, turn on one of the music stations and listen to that music and just lose myself in that. But, you know, working from home, you, you really never leave. <laughs> so you don't get that opportunity to compress. So, so let's start there. For people like Justin, what are maybe a couple things or, you know, a couple strategies that maybe they can get back into running? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, maybe it's not the, uh, in the Justin case because he was actually working that extra hour to two hours a day you know, swapping out with commuting time with actual work, getting on meetings and stuff. But I definitely heard of people doing their fake commute <laughs> where it's like, all right, take me 30 minutes, go walk around the block. So, hey, they were exercising, even if it's just walking around yeah. the block with a podcast or even their coffee or walking their dog, which they probably, if they had a dog, they were probably doing that anyway. But instead of a five minute quick bathroom walk, it's like, oh, let's go out there and, and walk around the block a few times. So I've actually noticed this just in the last two weeks when I finally got my button gear and was like, okay, I need to do PT because it's been 10 weeks. My IT band started hurting before the holidays. And I just said, all right, it hurt so bad that I was like, okay, I didn't have to wrestle with what the, whether they're runner or not that day, which is often the case with, with minor injuries. You're like, oh, it kind of feels okay. And you're, you're testing it out all day. Like it, mine hurt so bad that it was like, at least I didn't have the, the, the kind of the, the weighing of the options each day. I was like, all right, I'm definitely taking it off. But with IT band, I'm, I knew and I found out firsthand that like rest for me this time around was not helping and I wasn't really getting the massages that I was, I used to get. So um, I'm someone who's like all or nothing. And even when I was like, you know, high school or college athlete or even post-collegiate athlete when I was running professionally, like I was someone who I wouldn't take like a 15 minute nap. I needed like at least a two hour chunk of time <laughs> for me. Uh, now as a parent, like you'll take that 15 minute nap. Those power naps. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I was someone, I was like, if I didn't have two hours to nap, I wouldn't nap. Cause I was like, oh, I want to like really like nap. And so with strength training or even just running more miles, I was like, I wasn't really doing much strength training. And now I had, you know, I went to see my buddy, Brendan Martin, who's a teammate of mine at the New York athletic club. And he works at a finish line PT. And I went to him and he literally gave me like two stretches and like three exercises with bands. And, um, and so the, the a, I felt good about them because they're like coming from someone who's an expert, not just me trying to like figure it out online, even though I have a lot of running experience. I don't have a lot of PT experience, at least not in the last 15 years. I've been able to run 
kind of whatever I wanted. So I've been fortunate in that case. But I literally in the last two weeks have been doing like literally five to ten minutes of PT in the morning and in the evening. And it's to be honest, I'm able to do this with my kids running around me, and even like I'll yeah. I'll be doing one of the stretches, and, and they, my my now my daughter and son will put on the 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 resistance band, and they think it's a headband, and and again, it doesn't really like affect like I can still hang out with them. They kind of climb on me or do their own version of what I'm doing. And it doesn't take me away from the family. But I've noticed in two weeks, and even in the first week, I went for a run. And I, it still hurt, but it just felt stronger. And to be honest, I was doing five to ten minutes uh, twice a day, if, if not once a day. And so to your point about the question of – like, you don't need – like, you know, I always had the 20-minute rule, which we've talked about, where you, you can always find 20 minutes. And maybe, yeah. you know, obviously you're not doing the stretching and the preparation to, to get a run in. But for an easy run, either you can get up 20 minutes earlier wearing your running clothes the night before – get out of bed and just jog 20 minutes. Or if you're feeling really tired or run down, you go out for 20 minutes and if you feel still, still feel tired. You can, you can chalk it up. But oftentimes if, if you have more than 20 minutes time-wise, you feel better after 20 and maybe you get 30 or 40 minutes in. So I just know that like I felt, I kind of have like this perception that like, oh, I need like this 30 minute or 60 minute window to do anything properly. And to be honest, I probably, I do two sets of 15 in each side. Like I'm pretty fatigued with the specific like resistance band workouts I've done. Cause I'm so weak in those areas. Cause obviously I'm injured for a reason. Um, I found just, just for like five or 10 minutes a day, I've felt a difference. And that's something that's always surprising to me because I just feel like, oh, you need to put all this time and energy into it. You don't like even that. I, I just started doing a plank like just in the last two or three days because like I was struggling during some of these other, and I've also started doing some like workout videos online um and like i'm pathetically weak and, and it's embarrassing and very humbling but it's like all right like a week ago i was i was struggling to do a plank for a minute and now this week it's not that much of a struggle and i'm like you can easily just drop down and, and do 30 seconds or 60 seconds of plank especially at home you're not you're not the weird guy at the office doing it <laughs> yeah. um and i'm like wow like it's not that hard to do you know three times a minute throughout the day and this is something we'll probably talk about with our 20 day 21 day challenge um, because it's not that hard to do to do certain things. You don't have to do 60 minutes of it. I, I couldn't even do 20 minutes of some of the things I'm doing. I don't need to. I just need to do the minute or five minutes depending on the exercise. So that's one thing is get over that. I, I know I have this, but I'm sure other people have it where they feel like they have to like clean an hour off their day to really focus on something. And you can really be efficient with your time and, 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 and multitask to some degree. Obviously, you have to be focused on your form. Uh, when you're doing certain things, but I've been really uh, kind of amazed on like, I've actually seen like gains in not doing something that often, but doing it just a little and seeing gains. Um, so just, that's something that like the Justin can do where, whether it's the 20 minute run or it's the five you know, the minute plank th three times throughout the day. Um, that's still three minutes more than I was doing. Um, and three minutes, you know, do the math three minutes times seven times four weeks time, you know, like next thing you know, you, you did 30 minutes of plank in the last two weeks. So it's held a lot better than zero. I love um, it. So, I love it. And Justin, yeah, uh, and hopefully Justin's I'm listening. I'm relearning these things too. Like I knew, I know this stuff and I'm still not doing it. So yeah. I'm still kind of like being, you know, uh, kind of like getting reminded of, Oh yeah, I don't have to you know do the two hour nap. I don't have to, uh, you know, stretch for like two hours. Like David Goggins, we were talking about, like yeah. how about stretching for 10 minutes? in the shower you're like you know like that's like you know um 
So yeah, yeah, it's a buildup. Just you know, again, it's not doesn't answer your point of going from like running three miles a day to like training for a half marathon. Well, no, we'll get into that in a second. Most of it. Yeah, no, and I I think for in poor Justin, I say, (laughs) hopefully he's not listening. He's going to be mad. But uh, no, for for those folks who um, you know like Justin who have fallen out of that rut that need to get back into that. I think we're all guilty of that in some degree. And I, I, you know, just hearing you say like, you know, like with the planks, you know, so it's, it's fascinating, you know, even, you know, when you're working from home, you know, maybe this is the way to take mental breaks, John, you know, from what you're doing. And we know even in the office work environment, like people, you know, were encouraged to take breaks, you know, from looking at the computer or being in meetings and stuff like that. And so, you know, maybe the plank is just a simple way and, and, you know, maybe it's not a plank, maybe it's something else, whatever it may be, but whatever that is, is that simple way to unwind, disconnect for that two minutes, three minutes, reset yourself mentally and also physically, but also, you know, help you get into that routine of, you know, getting back into, you know, running out of COVID, you know, and, and build on these little pillars or build, build on these little steps that eventually become big pillars in your, in your, you know, physical and mental health. You know, I think one of the things that's helped me, I guess I'll share here, you know, cause I got, I mean, I think we've, we probably are all guilty of getting into ruts at some point. And clearly over the last year, it was really easy to get into one. And I think we were talking about, you know, just with the winter that we've experienced here in New England, you know, there were certain days where we just had snow for like 24, 48 hours and it wasn't safe still to go out and run and, you know, trying to find a treadmill or get into the treadmill was, was somewhat of a hassle. So, um, you know, I would just jump on a bike. Uh, we, we've got a Peloton at home, but you know, one of the things, even though it's at home, one of the things that makes it a lot easier is putting out my clothes the night before. And even for like going out, you know, during the winter time, I've always found that, you know, it's kind of, you know, if you're staring at those clothes when you wake up in the morning, it's a lot easier to put them on <laughs> when the alarm goes off. But, you know, for me, I'm an early riser at 6 a.m. in the morning or sometimes 5 a.m. in the morning on my long runs on the weekends, you know, versus trying to like find like my tights and like my layers and like, you know, the right socks to wear because it's, you know, 10 degrees out or 15 degrees out, you know, whatever the weather, you know, it's just frigid, you know, and just have all that stuff laid out. But I will tell you this, and for the audience listening at home, and maybe some of you have experienced this, the day that you blow that run off and those clothes are staring at you, nice, I usually have them in a nice pile, is awful because that regret that burns into you that you blew off that morning run is just really, really hard. Yeah, no, I, I mean, even that, like it's in the winter, forget it, like laundry, like that's one thing I'm actually, although with the young kids, I'm like, imagine I was running more because <laughs> yes. I'm not running, I'm hardly running at all. And I, my laundry is still a disaster with yeah. just four of us in the household. But it is something where, it, it, you know, it's, you know, you're not just putting on like your shorts and your shoes and you're out the door, like in the winter, you're layering up, you're checking the weather. Um, but even that, like I, I, I've, I've recently converted my, my, my wife into a coffee drinker. Um, and just to be honest, like putting the coffee, the water in the machine and, and putting the, the grounds in. So when you wake up, one of us wakes up with our son earlier than the other, depending on the rotation and how, how it plays out. And it's so much, it's great to like have my son in my arms and just kind of like have him hit the button. Cause he, now he's old enough where like, he knows like, like the routine, then like having to put him down 
like clean the coffee pot. <laughs> like where is, you know, is it in the, you know, it's, it's, again, it's a simple thing, but like, it's so much easier to press one button because you did the prep work. So, um, you know, just making it easier for yourself where you don't have to figure out like where your gloves are, where your hat is, yeah. like where the shoe, like you'll never you get up, out of the house. Less, yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's more automatic. That's saying, obviously you still have to get up, get up, get out of bed. Um, but it, it is something where it's like, yeah, like a little bit of prep goes a long way. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm such a better mood when I just have to press a button versus like, you know, get all the coffee ready and then I'm waiting for it versus like it being done in like two minutes because it's ready to go. So uh, that's something to be said about preparation. You know, it doesn't have to be like a, a huge window of time ritual, but I definitely, whoever gets up in the morning and one of us has done that the night before, it's like, it just starts the day off on a efficient and, and, and positive uh, vibe. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's shift gears here. The other type, you know, we've got uh, a running explosion here in the world and, and, you know, we've got people that have never run before that took up running, albeit casually. I'm sure some people, I, I know a couple, like I've got a good friend of mine who's in uh, one of my run groups. You know, he was a, he was a pretty decent runner. I mean, I say decent, you know, he ran long on Sunday or on Saturdays with us. And then like he ran one day during the week, but like, He's done so many of these virtual events, half marathons. I think he's done two marathons, you know, since the pandemic started. So I think he's kind of the, 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 um, he's not the norm because I think what's, what we've seen is, you know, a lot of people take up running, but not necessarily train for anything, but just like, Hey, it was the thing to do. Gyms are closed. It's free. Weather was good. Um, you know, for the most part, except for this, you know, last couple of months here in the winter time, really the last six weeks, but before that weather was really, really good. So what kind of advice, John, could we give to those COVID runners? And now as physical races start to open up, naturally there's going to be all sorts of COVID safety protocol, whether that's face masks or, you know, vaccine cards possibly, or, you know, I know there's going to be temperature checks and COVID tests and stuff like that beyond all that. But let's say we have someone who's been running, let's say three miles a day, has never really trained for anything. What kind of advice could we give to them? Maybe they're looking to maybe do a, a spring half marathon or maybe a spring marathon in person as these events start to open up and then potentially, you know, maybe they'll even do, do another one in the fall. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think that's why like someone like me has been less motivated in all of this. Not that it, that's for everyone, but like I, I, yeah, I, I'm used to competing with other people, and obviously, like the, I was saw you know, for Mar New York City Marathon, for example, but even other races, like the magic of the day, where like there's that vibe, and you got up early, and there's like everyone kind of get ready for the race, and then you're running with someone or a pace group, and you have a lot of support, and there's people cheering. Um, you know, even these virtual races, you don't have that. So if you're new to running and you're in the 5k or 10k on your own, and maybe you're pretty pleased with your time because you started running three days a week from zero, um, you know, you, you know, once you start running with the live groups, um, I think, you know, it, you can get hooked in a way where it's almost becomes unhealthy where you're running too much too soon or racing too much all the time. And I think you actually were a little bit protected in, in the, in the, in the, in the virtual racing scene because yeah, the emotions, yeah, yeah you're, you're also you're able to push yourself because it's the, it's a hard effort, it's a hard workout, it's a hard race compared to like an easy run. But you know, you, you you're not pushing yourself as much as you could with if you are with a group. And I think sometimes that's that probably protected you a little bit. I remember running a virtual half this this summer with uh, the the Brooks Run Happy team that I would do some work with, and um, 
I it was a hot day. I got up, you know, the kids. It was like, next thing you know, it's not until 10 o'clock that I got out there. It's like it was July or August, super hot. And I was running by myself. And I was like, I could have just jogged the half marathon as a long run and still like checked the box and did it with the team. But of course, I'm competitive. I probably ran like a good six or eight minutes off of what I could. Do. And obviously, the, the weather was a factor and it's you know, other things. But I was like, wasn't that motivating because like I was like so far off where I, at least even my fitness level, whereas you're on the other side of that where you're new to it, it's pretty easy to get better. Um, so you can kind of get like roped into it. And that's where I think some people too much too soon or they take on too much um, where they get like, you know, it's addicting to run fast. You know, oh, I ran, you know, I'm a 30 minute 5k person. Now I'm breaking 27. Now next thing you know, maybe I'll break, or it's like, I, I want to sneak, I, you know, I want to sneak under eight minute pace or so whatever the, the benchmark is you're trying to, so you, this advice as far as mentally and, and taking on too much where, and again, we haven't raced, some of us haven't raced at all. So next thing you know, when you can race again, now I guess it's not going to be open floodgates where everything's open, but as things open up, like definitely don't do everything. And I'm not, so, I'm someone who can't go to a race and like, unless I'm pacing someone as like a set, like pacing my wife or pacing a celebrity or pacing whoever, where my job is the pace that I'm proud of, of hitting my splits and getting them to their goal. If I just go on my own and like, oh, I'll just jog it. it, never happens. I'm always, I'm always running faster than I should. So I think it's tough to kind of hold back and not do too much too soon. And if, if you're new to running, um, you probably don't know that because you're new to it, you know, and this hasn't been races to, to kind of over race. So that's something just to like, you know, make sure you don't take on too much. And then if anything with the training, like if you're going to up it to a half marathon versus the 5k plans you've been working off of, you know, you have to do a 10 mile run instead of a six mile run. And, you know, just making sure your, sh your shoes are, you know, they're not too, don't have too many miles on them. And, um, you know, it's, you know, not too much too soon and maybe race once a month or twice a month, not every weekend. But, uh, I think it's something where like with new runners, I'm always jealous because it's, so, they could almost do not, like anything and, and they'll get better because they're coming from a place where they, you know, it's, you know, you, you do nothing and then you do something. If you don't, if you stay healthy, you'll get better. Um, and so not getting caught up in where you're like racing all the time and you get, you know, you, know, you just kind of have the you know, kind of ease into it still. And, and not, not say yes to everything is yes, part of what I'm saying. Absolutely. I think that's a important lesson to learn. And sometimes you have to learn that the hard way um, and have one of those races where you either get caught up in the emotion. And, and that's where I think, you know, this is such an important topic here, you know, for those folks that are, you know, interested in this and some people may not be, and, and that's okay. But I think we wanted to address that because, you know, we probably will see a lot of people get involved in, in larger races, um, other than doing these virtual runs, which is, which is awesome. It's a great experience. It's awesome to be with thousands of other like-minded folks. Um, you know, whether the distance is 26, 13, five, whatever, whatever that distance is with a group of people, I, I just am excited for it. And everyone should experience that. But I think there's a different set of emotions, John, <laughs> you know, clearly, you know, depending on the race, depending on the size, um, even some five K's, um, can, can be really, really exciting. Um, you know, for people that have never experienced that. So I think, you know, you just have to kind of be careful with your emotions because I think it's easy, as you said, when we're doing these virtual runs, you know, to go out with your watch, know your pace, but then 
and, and, and I've heard this before. People say, well, I'm not competitive. That doesn't happen to me. We're all competitive. And, you know, at some point you're going to be running with someone and you may think like that, well, that's your pace it may feel right. But then you look down and you're, you know, you're a minute faster than you've ever run because you're running next to someone who's also racing, you know? So I, I think that's like something that I think people really need to be cautious of because, um, you know, that, that, uh, that, that emotion can creep up really quick and kind of get the best of you. And I think that, you know, from my own personal experience, I think it happened the first time I, you know, I was able to run a large marathon. I just got really caught up. Thank God I had a, a really cool person with me that day pacing and just said, Hey man, just chill, just chill. Um, because you know, this is a long distance and, you know, we're, we've got a long way to go. So don't let the emotions of the event kind of overtake, uh, you know, the game plan and, and what you're, you know, hoping to achieve. Because um, unfortunately with running, the emotions can get the best of, a, even the professionals get caught up in that emotional run and, you know, they do this professionally. And so that, I think that's great sound advice. I think the other piece that I throw in here, John, is naturally not a, a selfish plug for us, but, you know, joining a charity, whether it's Project Purple or, you know, the the hundreds and thousands of other charities that offer, you know, distance running, you know, typically will have a professional coach, you know, that is part of their team that, uh, or some sort of training program. And I think it's really critical, um, you know, in, in success of the event um, that you intend to run to, you know, follow plan. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily have to be through the charity, but I know a lot of charities offer that as part of the plan or part of the program. But also there's many people that do coaching, you know, just as a profession. John, you're one of them. You know, you've coached many you know, people outside of the charity scope that, you know, want to achieve certain goals. So, you know, working with a professional, you know, might be another thing to consider as well, you know, with regards to if people are, you know, picked up running through COVID and are serious about, you know, you know, having a good experience at the, at the next physical race that they run or the first physical race that they run. It's a great way to get involved. And, you know, especially now with, you know, COVID, I mean, we were just talking about work and how everything is virtual. I mean, a lot of the coaching is done online or it can be done over the phone, not necessarily in person. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I when I was at Roadrunners, I, you know, I, can, I, I launched the online platform. I just called it virtual trainer because it was like, you know, a lot of people who were coaching were all over the world because it's the New York City Marathon. And then 10 years later, it's like, everything's virtual. <laughs> it's like, you know, so I was already doing that type of stuff, but obviously it's, it's 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 obviously under a different lens and there's virtual means a lot you know it's a little deeper now but back then it was just kind of like well people live in different cities so how do you communicate okay via email or you know whatever but it's we definitely come a long way but virtual is definitely we all know what virtual is whether it's you know the zoom meetings or i, I was saying at the beginning of this like i was getting on like zoom calls with like siblings and friends to keep in touch and now you can't get anyone on a Zoom call because yeah. people are just so like sick zoomed of out. Yeah, their everyone's work zoomed lives. out. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how that's turned. So um, great stuff here. Last thing that we want to talk about, John, and we've got some exciting thing, and I guess this is a you know a, a selfish plug here for Project Purple is we have a half marathon happening March 20th, the weekend of March 20th, Purple Patties Half Marathon, and we are launching a 21 day challenge. 
So, you know, here we are. <laughs> We've talked about, you know, getting back into running, if you're running, you know, what you should and shouldn't do. And here we are, we're going to launch a 21-day run challenge to get you ready for the Purple Patties Half Marathon on March 20th. So let's talk about that, what it's going to look like. I know we're going to we're going to have a set schedule for people to run, and then we're going to do some really cool cross-train stuff with Coach Vin. Yeah, I think it's um, I mean, obviously 21 days. I think that's a small enough window where you know I can commit to 21 days. It's sometimes like the 16-week or 20-week marathon plan is like tough, especially in like in a virtual environment. Whereas 21 days, like most people can follow that. And like I think I'll be doing two or three running components to each week, whether you know a longer run, which again you're not going to train fully in three weeks, but you can definitely get better in three weeks. And, you know, so there'll be some longer runs and that's going to be relative to what you're doing. Even if you're doing nothing, you could still run, walk a half marathon, probably, especially if you've, if you've done some stuff in the past, but you will have things like we talked about, like the example, like, you know, the plank or the wall sit or something where you have that kind of like, you know, peer pressure, positive peer pressure where you're like, all right, well, I know Dino is going to be doing his wall sits today and, even just like exchanging photos and whatever hashtag we come up with. But I think that's kind of connects the group. And it's nice to have like, Oh, I could do a minute plank. And you can also do that in, 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 in 10 second increments throughout the day. It, it doesn't have to be, you know um, you know, I think it's coming up ways to kind of connect with each other. We're all doing similar things or the same thing. That's not a 13 mile run, which that'll be at the end of the, of the day. People can even split up their long runs over a two day weekend or, Correct. but yeah, yeah it will be a fun way to kind of like, you know, get people to stretch a little bit more, do a little bit of cross training, a little bit of strength work with some running and the idea that it leads to the half marathon. And, and however you do that half, whether you, you run your first half and, and PR or, or um, you have to be a little creative in how you get that, get that done. But that'll be um, again, three weeks, 21 days. Like I think most people can commit to that. And the fact that you have other people doing it, that always helps me, uh, you know, hold myself more more accountable and getting it done and versus like okay we're gonna do a 20 week plan in in, in in virtual world that that's a tough most people will probably fall off that plan but i think we'll have a the stick the stick the stickiness to that of 21 days i think people could can get around where it's we're not going to have these monster tasks every day i think keeping them small and efficient um it will, will, will be will help us keep all on track and so i'm looking, looking forward to working with vin and you and the rest of the team on uh how we can be creative and, and be a little silly too. It doesn't all have to be, and me doing a plank with my son sitting on my back is, you know, like, Hey, I'm getting some family time in and I'm getting, a, I'm, I'm checking my box and getting my, uh, getting my workout for the day with the group in. So, uh, however you need to do it, uh, but we'll come up with ways to kind of stay connected and, and get a little, we'll definitely be fitter in those 20 after 21 days. Um, even if you don't run your best or fastest half. Absolutely. I can't wait for it. And you know, the, the big key here too, you know, I, we're, we're, we've got this 21 day challenge. We've got people signed up. Uh, naturally we want to encourage people if they haven't signed up yet, this is a great way to get engaged, you know, for those, uh, poor Justin here, but we're going to pick on him for those Justins out there, <laughs> you know, this is maybe the, the, the motivation to get off and, uh, you know, to get re-motivated, re-engaged and, you know, it culminates with this half marathon the whole goal of the training is to get you ready. And as John said, naturally, you're not going to be required to do it all in one shot. Um, you can partition out the miles. Um, that's okay. The whole process here and the whole thought and the whole idea is 21 days to, you know, get activated, 
get energized, do something positive, get stronger, and you know, help raise awareness for this thing called pancreatic cancer. So we're really looking forward to this. And uh, this is gonna be launching the same day as when the podcast comes out. So the timing is wonderful. So if you're listening to this, uh, you know, you can jump right in, or if you're listening to this a couple of days later, there's nothing to say that you can't jump in, uh, on day 19 or 18 or 17 for that matter. Again, it's, it's all about getting activated, getting engaged and, uh, you know, doing all the good things to get you back on track. So awesome. And even stuff. that with, uh, that's a great segue with, uh, even just like running out of COVID, like we talked about kind of part of the theme of this podcast is, you know, even if you're like sitting on the couch, you've done nothing. Um, yeah. you know, I've always been taught or, or, or preached to that. Like it takes, you know, three weeks to, to kind of get, get stuck in a good habit or bad habit. But so like in three weeks, in the 21, 21 days, three weeks, you, you know, you, you do the half, maybe you do it over three days and you, you get a little stronger. You're doing some of the exercises we're doing. So three weeks from now, you're that much fitter. And then that's a great launching point to kind of getting to the next step. So look at it as a way to kind of get reacclimated into the world of fitness. And then with the idea that you don't take off, you know, another month <laughs> that yeah. you use that as a baseline and a, and a starting or jumping off point to the next um, kind of goal, whether that's running or, or strength or eating right or whatever. But, you know, it's simple as not drinking soda that week or not or doing a couple of planks or running a couple extra minutes. Use it as a, a jumping off point. If, if you think that that three weeks, you're not going to like, you know, break records and feel really good about it. Just just look at it as a three week starting block for the next thing that you'll be doing not to get ahead of ourselves but i think it's it's it, it, the, the nicer weather for most people listening coming i think it's um use it as a jump starter it, it, so you're not like just using those three weeks as the be all end all and if you're not psyched about where your fitness is just know you'll be free, fitter three weeks later and then you'll be better off and more likely to stick to the next thing that you do Absolutely. Love it, John. I love it. John, thanks once again for being on the Project Purple podcast. The uh, Purple Jacket's on its way for, you know, um, the seventh episode, I think here. Yeah, after seven episodes, <laughs> guests, you get a you get a purple jacket. That's a joke, of Perfect. course. But we'll yeah, have to come up with something. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to come up with something cool for it. But really appreciate all you do for us, all you do for the running community. Really a, a true positive beacon of light you know, during this time and, and then always been. So really uh, awesome to have you working with us again, um, helping our run teams and everything that uh, that you're doing for the running community. So thanks for coming on once again, talking about running out of COVID. So uh, appreciate the time. And as we say here, thanks for listening. Please be safe and healthy. And until next time, that's a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear, please follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to share this as well. Yeah.